each resident that has stayed there for over a year gets uh, a check every year from the Alieskin Pipeline Fund. Um, this year, I think they said it was just over $3,000 per person. Yeah. That is super cool. Yeah, I learned a lot, man. This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs. For K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. I am Josh, fresh off of vacation. We'll talk about that. Looking tan, man. I am looking tan. I don't know how you get a tan in Alaska, but somehow I managed to. Uh, I am Josh. With me, as always, you've already heard him because he doesn't wait for his intro. Chris? (laughs) Jerk. (laughs) I see you changed since vacation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I and Mark, who pleasantly waits until he's introduced to speak. Good evening. <laughs> How you guys been? It's been a few weeks. It's been a few. We've had Fourth of July. We've been here. You've been away. I have been away. We've, We've been missing you. Uh, but yeah, I went to Alaska for two weeks and uh, froze my butt off, sweated my butt off, got it. Apparently, got a tan. Walked on a glacier. Saw whales, moose, bears. Uh, got to meet the captain of the ship. We took a helicopter ride. My first ever helicopter ride. A few moments later. I bought a nice yellow raincoat. Gotcha. My wife and my son have been making fun of me for the last two weeks, calling me the road cone when they look for son. Just look for it. He looks like a big road cone, big yellow raincoat. Much, much, much later. There's lots of way to, ways to die in Alaska. I know our listeners in Alaska will appreciate that. Um, oh, cow's cow's parsnip. Look that <laughs> plant up. If you touch that plant and you then expose your skin to sunlight, you will get third degree chemical burns is what we're, we were told there. Cow's parsnip. The next day. I will say without getting into too much detail and boring everyone, but I could do a podcast on traveling to Alaska now because I'm an expert. Um, if, if Alaska is on your bucket list, get it off your bucket list, go there, do it, spend a week, take the cruise. If you have the ability and the time, spend a couple days in the interior and go see Denali national park and, and try to see Denali mountain. Um, absolutely amazing trip. I, I thought I knew what I was in store for. I had no clue. Mark, who is this guy? I don't know. I'm just trying to think how much do we have to edit out? <laughs> Hurtful, Mark. Hurtful. Welcome to Josh in Alaska. <laughs> we need special intro music for that. The Ala- we're, Alaska. We're well thing. past the intro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like. I'm done. I like Alaska. I like Alaska, Josh. <laughs> you two take over. See ya. <laughs> no, it's fine. Do they have? Uh, did you see any like uh, HPE Aruba access points or anything like that in Alaska? Do you uh, see any technology? Do they have technology up there? They do have technology up there. I almost what was it? I text you guys about and asked if I should offer to help. Oh, the DHCP server at our at our one of our resorts was not working and handing out IPs for the guest Wi-Fi. Um, so I thought I was going to off have to offer to help with nice. that. But I did so, not see any HP Aruba equipment. Wi-Fi works in the cold. Yeah, 40, 40 below zero. Mm-hmm. 
I like it. HP Aruba, by the way, a proud <laughs> sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. And they're going to be at Midwest Tech Talk next week as well. What's Midwest Tech Talk? The greatest conference in the Midwest, possibly nationally. Did you know that Aruba bought out, what is, is those Axis ca- uh, security camera stuff HPE did? Did you know that? Really? I did not know that. True story. Interesting. So, so I'm told. I, I didn't actually fact check it. <laughs> we'll just take our salesman's word at that. Um, how can they get a hold? Who can they get a hold of at HPE? Uh, they can email Jeff. I'll put this in the uh, podcast description. Jeff at Aruba. Yeah, HPE. Aruba fortifies network security with acquisition of security service edge provider access security. That's kind of recent uh, news. Yeah, sounds like it. Probably happened in the two weeks that I was gone. Did you guys know I was in Alaska for two weeks? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, Mark, you had some <laughs> breaking news yesterday. You weren't in Alaska. Um, what was no. the breaking news? <laughs> that was the news. <laughs> yeah, no, that Josh kept the texting news. us and he was like, hey guys, I'm in Alaska. Where are you guys at? <laughs> well, I'm in Missouri, Josh, and Mark is still in Massachusetts. Uh, Mark, what was the big news? Sh- shut up, Chris. What was the big news that uh, we were talking about yesterday? Yeah, so we had a little bit of a heads up, but the FCC uh, just announced a new proposal. They're, the details at this time are very, very slim, uh, but the FCC is starting to walk their way into cybersecurity money as part of E-rate. And so the chairman, chairwoman Rosenworcel just announced a $200 million pilot uh, to provide assistance for uh, cybersecurity for, uh, for K-12. Now, the details really of how this is going to be disseminated is, is, is there's just no details out right now. So it could be direct to schools uh, from reading the press conference or the, the, the press announcement. It, it seems like it's going to be actually kind of highlighting or complementing some of the existing services. So maybe someone like MS Isaac or uh, CISA would start to benefit from these funds as well. And you start to receive services from them or there could be funds going to schools. I think because it's a pilot. Uh, we might see a little bit of both. So we might yeah. see kind of boosting of some existing services uh, that you can get for free from MS Isaac, maybe speeding up the timeline it takes to get a pen test. Um, or there might be some other opportunities for school districts to get funds. You know what I would love to see in that would be some eligibility expansion around firewall subscriptions. Um, because yep. I know that can, depending on where that falls, it can be denied whenever you buy a new firewall. Um, or if you go back to ask for the yearly renewals, right. I, I would, I would love to see that one of that become an eligible service, uh, in the near future. Yeah. It will be interesting to see how this complements E-rate. And so, you know, if you are, uh, making your E-rate purchases and you want to buy a complementary service that is more on the cybersecurity side, like you just said, a firewall subscription, is that a separate, line item is right. that a separate fund um is this you know cybersecurity money going to be kind of added to your existing e-rate pool or would you have to apply to these things separately i think all of those things i that's all just kind of rattling around in my mind of how would that play out in a scenario like you just described yeah but yeah it's it, it's it's hard because if it's if it goes into e-rate land that can be a wonderful thing like i could buy a firewall and get all the services that i need with it but that also means that other schools are probably going to apply for E-rate funding that didn't normally apply, which means right. there's less pie to go around. 
uh, uh, it could play out kind of in an interesting way with that. Well, yeah. it's the same amount of pie, just you get less of a piece of the pie. Yeah, I want my whole, I, I want three pieces. You know, one thing that I think, another expansion of eligible services, DDoS protection for your internet connection. I think mm-hmm. that's an easy, an easy item to add without much, dis, without much discussion. Um, because I know the carrier that I have wants to charge an arm and a leg for it. And I can't, I can't afford that. Um, to me, that's along with firewall subscriptions. That'd right. be another super easy one to add to an eligibility of service list. I think it's, what's hard is I can't think of a single uh, cybersecurity related purchase that does not require an additional year, like multiple years oh, yeah. of funding with licensing and and subscription costs. And so if this is a pilot, it'll be interesting to see what people decide to do, not knowing if you're going to have any funding the next year. I, so I read somewhere today, I don't remember if, if what article it was, but I heard that it was or read that it was a three-year pilot program along with that 200 million. So okay. I think they know, they understand that exactly that point, Mark. Very little of anything you purchase in, in that cyberspace is a buy it once and you're done thing. Right. Um, right. You know, subscription services are how it's all done now anyway. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's the that's the FCC news. Uh, just came out this week. It'll be really interesting to see where the details uh, start to sort themselves out. Super cool. Um, and it be exciting to see how they allocate that. Is Speaking, it really super cool? It is. Like Alaska. It's really cold there. <laughs> 40 below in the winter. Um, it is super cool in Alaska. <laughs> um, I really looked for for our, our Alaskan listeners, too. I wore my F-12 is not hacking shirt. <laughs> um, so speaking of cybersecurity services, Chris, why don't you tell us about Fortinet real quick and what all they Fortinet, provide. a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. They got firewalls, uh, but one of my colleagues is moving to, I guess, because they do switches as well, right? And wireless access points. Yes. Uh, So one of my colleagues, one of my best buddies uh, is moving. They're all in on Fortinet. Yeah. They're going to the firewall. They're going to the switches. They're going to the wireless access points and all those things talking together. Uh, They're building a FortiWall against the world is what they're doing. A Fortinet network. Oh, that's good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good stuff. More than just a firewall. If you already got the firewall, know that they do more services, more products, the whole bit. Uh, we'll put a link to Chris, our friend Chris at Fortinet in the podcast description. We're probably going to get in trouble for this, but you know what Fortinet needs to do now for schools that adopt their product line top to bottom, you know, for the switches, the firewall access points they need to create a logo that the school can put on their website as for like a mark marketing, you know, how like the, um, who is somebody has the trust, a TLE trusted learning environment. I think that's Cosin. Um, Fortinet needs to come up with an image that for a Forta school, like they have adopted, they're all in on Fortinet. They're a Forta school. Can we, uh, I'm going to trace your rabbit with you. Okay. So you're saying the school should be loud and proud of yeah. what cybersecurity products they are using. Well, and they're going to okay. bark at the world and say, come at me, bro, because I'm Fortinet. <laughs> Good point. Good point. 
or do you hide it? This was just a topic of discussion. And, and you know, because we all do board reports too, right? That are public yeah. information yeah. where we're saying like what products we're approving and the whole thing. Yeah. Should we be against that? Should we care? Should we be like, yeah, do come at me. Like this is what we do. And we, we do have cybersecurity. Not, not to say like invite, uh, but to not be ashamed of it or to hide it or whatever. I, what do you guys think on that? I think to say that, you know, in a, in a board report, you can say you have, I, I think at least your board members and it's all local, right? Like you need to gauge your, your environment, but it, to tell your board that you have a Fortinet firewall or a Fortigate and that you're using Fortigate or Fortinet switches, I think is okay because you're going to have other products behind that or in front of that to as another layer of defense. Like you're going right. to have a next gen antivirus. You're going to have other precautions on your network, uh, access control lists, et cetera. Um, but now when you get into the weeds of some of those deeper precautions, those I definitely would hold closer to the vest. Um, I think Mark is, Mark's not going to agree with Mark, us here. would you tell us all of your cybersecurity products, please? You know, I think, I think scammers are doing a lot of research to figure out, you know, what are your vulnerabilities? What are your holes? I think you should make it a lot easier for them and just <laughs> put it right on your website. Like, this is what we use. A giant portal wall. Come on. Like you said, come at me, bro. Like, just, just put it around really, the, just stop making it so hard for them to have to do all this research and read through board documents and stuff. Just put it right up front. <laughs> Mark. I love it. I have mixed feelings. <laughs> I, I, I have mixed feelings about it. Okay. Because I also think <laughs> I also think if 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 I am bragging, and again, not like going out of my way, maybe I'm not doing the icon on my website. Okay. <laughs> uh, but th that's not a crazy idea. It's I, I like all ideas. Um but if I'm just not gonna go out of my way to hide it. If someone's fumbling upon, if the bad guy is learning about me, and if I, I guess I'm having confidence in what I have, but also acknowledging that there's going to be holes, right? Sure. But if 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 they're seeing that I have weapons against them or defense things in place, I'm hoping that 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 there's been sentences that say that I have stuff will be a deterrent for them to come at me, that they're going to pick on someone else that maybe they have less information about. Well, it gets back to that quote that we had on the last episode, right? That ended up on uh, another super popular technology podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, the, the, there is no defending more or less. There's only a response, right? Um, you know, it, I, I, I see the point. I see Mark's point of, holding that information to, close to the chest because it is valuable information. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's part of it is um, holding back any sort of uh, information that could pose a risk to your company. The, the other part though, is that I think scammers are, you know, this is some of these big hits are, are bragging rights for different oh, scammers sure. for different organizations uh, and if you're holding yourself up as being impenetrable or, or the, you know, here's what I have in place to stop you, uh, that could be enticing. It could actually bring people in. So I think part of it is you don't want to give any information that could could give the uh, attacker an advantage. And the other part is I want to be careful about 
giving them something to brag about uh, that I just, I hit X, Y, Z, or I hit so-and-so. So well, that's and all. It, and two, you know, if you go on record saying you have a Palo Alto, let's just say, who's not an advertiser, um, and there's some zero day that comes out for Palo. Right. And okay, this guy knows, okay, it's documented this, this district or these companies have gone on record and saying that they have Palos. We mm-hmm. know we can go after those. Although it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist with a scanning utility to find all of the public facing Palos, yeah. you yeah. know, like it's not that it's not that difficult to do. Um, well, here's why, and I'll take another approach too. Here's why I think it's a, it's a bad idea for a vendor uh, to have their name put on a school district website is because if a school is hit, if a district is hit or a company is hit, sure. And the media starts going to that website and was like, wow, what happened? How did this happen? And the first thing they see is a security company's logo. Uh, that doesn't look good on the security company. So unless I guess, you know, what you were originally saying was if you're having the entire suite, if you're protecting the entire organization, that's one thing, <laughs> but there's always, there's always a door in and, uh, I would, it's be, always I would, the human. It's always the human, but I'd want to be careful. Yeah, I just want to be careful about, you know, putting too much information out there. That's why I like this show. This is why I like talking with you guys, because you always bring me down to earth, Mark. <laughs> what a bad idea. I got to bring you back from Alaska. Your, your mind has been. I'm, I'm still yeah. on this Alaskan high. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's cool, Chris. I like that. Super um, cool. That they're going full stack Fortinet. <laughs> How can you, I know we already talked about Fortinet. What's Chris's email or what's the email we can, they Fortinet can Fortinet podcast at Fortinet.com. So you can email Chris if you want to look at going full stack Aruba or just a piece of Aruba, but don't ask for a Forta school mm-hmm. logo because they're probably not going to do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it, appar- it, apparently it's a bad idea. Um <laughs> Uh, look, guys, I'm running on like six hours of sleep, so that's just take it with a grain of salt. When Josh was talking about putting a logo <laughs> of your cybersecurity products on the homepage of your website, I mean, Mark, you remember when he said that? Yeah, he didn't talk about that ahead of time. <laughs> we uh, that was just Josh winging it. Yeah, that's what that's what six hours of sleep does. Um, you know what else wasn't on the script ahead of time? Josh talking about Alaska for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, it was not 10 minutes. And you're just going to get more now. You keep pushing. Um, so while I was gone to Alaska, we had several listener emails. They were wondering if we were alive, number one. Two, they had some questions for us. Chris, do you have those listener emails up? I do. We got listener Dan uh, says, happy summer. Apparently, CISA offers free.gov domains. Uh, it sounds like schools are included with this. You can go to get.gov. There's some interesting details on it. Um, it can basically help you to get uh, to something that makes more sense for your organization, like a .org that makes sense. Uh, it'd be a lot of work, he says, but it would give schools something nicer, neater uh, as far as their domain goes. Uh, and he kind of wanted to know what our opinion uh, would be of that to, to, to switch to, to something like that. What do you guys think? Mark, you can go first. It's a great idea. <laughs> I I don't I don't think that I would jump on .gov. I'm waiting for .edu to be open to K12, which apparently that request has been made to the FCC. Because um, I emailed Educause. Um, oh, it's month, been a couple months ago. Because they're the ones that that more or less maintain the registrations for .edu. 
and said, hey, are you guys thinking about opening this up for K-12? And they said that it, the, the restrictions are actually set by the FCC. So um, that request has been made. They're talking about it. There was no inclination as, as far as when that decision would be made. But that's, that's the top level domain that I want is .edu. And I think that makes more sense than .gov. But yeah. if you don't already have a state K-12 um, .us domain, it, it would make sense to go to a .gov domain. Yeah. I, I get the rationale. Yeah. No, I'm, I agree. I don't know if I would, if a teacher would want a .gov email address. Why? Seems like a, eh, seems like a weird thing to be getting As an email from a teacher, teacher. Mark, tell us why a teacher wouldn't like. Oh, Mark doc- was a teacher. <sighs> uh, no, I, I don't know. When I think of like .gov, I think of like a government official, a politician or, you yeah, know, awesome. a city employee, municipal employee. Not a teacher. I don't know. It doesn't seem so friendly and and uh, kid friendly. And would your students get a .gov account? What would you do with the kids? Uh, that's a good point. You don't. Yeah, you would want a separate domain for your kids, I would think. Yeah, well, then that's just weird. You'd separate your staff. And, eh, I don't know about that. You don't separate your staff? Well, we no, you'd have to you. separate. You'd yeah, have I know. to separate your staff. So. I, actually, I there are several schools that I know that have different domains for student versus staff. Right. Chris, do you? No, I know we there's several in the our, naming scheme. Several in our area have different uh, domains for staff and stu- students. Uh, so there you go, Dan. Uh, we're going to wait. What's the next email? We have open source software with critical uh, infrastructure. So this is from listener Mitch uh, says earlier this year, we transitioned from a VMware cluster to Proxmox cluster. I'm not familiar with that. Uh, We had this plan well before the VMware acquisition was announced um, that helped us move off of VMware. Uh, We went to them to, we went to Proxmox, if I'm saying that right, P-R-O-X-M-O-X. It saved us time and money and also allows us to keep our infrastructure up to date. Uh, The support's not the same. It runs on Debian, which means we could, the long story short is we could have some different issues because it's open source software so what uh, what is the opinion guys uh of of doing that open source cool good uh but it's on your critical stuff would you do it do you do it are you willing to talk about it mark uh what would you say uh i think you gotta be really careful with what you use open source for um i don't know if i would use it on critical infrastructure i think i would really want to have a vendor supported platform but honestly, not because I'm against open source or because I think it's unsafe, but I just, I, I think it takes a little bit more time and you're kind of a little bit more on your own. Uh, and our time is critical. There's nobody out there in K-12 that says they've got plenty of staff and plenty of time. So I'd rather have a more of a vendor supported platform. Um, I get hate email from the Linux nerds. I know, I know. I, I'm not against it. I'm just saying, I think you got to be careful with what you use it for and and how much time it requires to take. Uh, because if, if you're all of your time is eaten up by supporting an open source product, uh, then you're not really saving money or time, but I think there are, there's a time and a place. I, I agree with you. Um, and I think my rationale is more is along the lines of manpower um, because I don't have a staff of 50 people and someone that's specialized in Linux, because I, to me, that's what it takes to, to run an, a Linux backend, especially mission critical is you need an expert on your team. 
and I'm not, my guys aren't. So to me, that would be very difficult to run a mission critical. Now we've, we have run monitoring solutions on Linux. Um, for one reason or another, we end up migrating away from them after a while anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't run a sys on Linux backend right now. Chris? It it reminds me for some reason, and, and I guess it's reminding me of the feeling um, when 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 virtualization was new at previous school district, um, I couldn't afford I the I I, I could go with the free uh, ESXi, uh, and I was not comfortable with it. But I wanted to do virtualization stuff, but it was super scary. But I couldn't afford the good stuff, and I remember just treading into the waters of I guess we're going to do this thing, and I just had that. I was always uneasy about it was like the early days of virtualization and I'm doing this thing that's free. And I know we're talking about open source. I'm kind of chasing on free here, but, but that idea of like support, you're, you're picking products for critical things that you know, you can't get good support on. Uh, it, it was a feeling that I went through that I had, but, but you can put a value to that. I think that's, what's hard. Like Mark was talking about the time that you're spending and even where your headspace is at, that you're worried about your servers or worried about these different things now. I think that's what you have to weigh. If if you got resources like people, man hours to do it, okay, let let's go. Let's 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 chase the free stuff, the open source stuff. But yeah, but if you're going to be gone to Alaska for two weeks, Mm-mm. you need to have Mm-mm. another expert on your staff besides you. And I remember too. This is, I, well, I had a. It was back in the days we had uh, Squirrel Mail. Did you guys either of you guys have Squirrel Mail before back in the day? No, and then no. we moved to. Uh, I wish was, people could see more, the look on Mark's face. <laughs> he was a teacher. You were a teacher during Squirrel Mail days. Uh, moved to uh, Zimbra, and this was before Gmail. And Zimbra was like it ran on it ran on uh, Red Hat, Red Hat, and it was the first email that you could like drag and drop. Like huh. you could drag and drop emails. It was like a game changer. But anyways, that was on that was on Linux. And I was a one-man tech department, and I knew very little about Linux. So I had this email server, like that. Like I'm just hoping it's okay. Uh, and again, that feeling, and I that that this email reminds me of those feelings, uh, where again, if you can push through that and you feel confident in what you're doing the whole bit, maybe you do it. But if you're going to lean on support, uh, some as great as tech communities are. Uh, Sometimes when it's open source, you're leaning on a whole lot of other people as opposed to a company to just, you know, be able to cuss at or whatever. So it's well, a good debate, though. You don't cuss. Um, I don't cuss. So I was in similar shoes, Chris, at a prior job many moons ago. We had first class email system, which was big in K-12. Um, and it it ran on a Linux backend. And, and we ran into a couple problems expanding disks because, you know, mail... Storage does nothing but expand. Um, so yeah, we we were in a very similar boat. I freaked you out went, every time we had to reboot it. Sure, <laughs> I could see that because you're not a Linux nerd. And Linux, no, no, I was the, like, how do you reboot? And then you'd remember that you just type reboot. But Linux nerds, please don't email us with hate mail because <laughs> we know we we get actually it. it wouldn't be as easy to type reboot. You had to go look. You had to go talk to 10 people on a message board oh, and they'd all tell you their different opinions on how to reboot a Linux server properly. Now we're going to get an opinion. Um, <laughs> Chris, why don't you tell us about a company that does have great support and would help you through anything? Extreme Networks. 
Ooh, Extreme Networks, a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Our our good old buddy pal, Dominic Mayer, uh, and he's going to be at Midwest Tech Talk next week. You can email dmayer at extremenetworks.com. I got logged into uh, our IQ stuff. Our switches are getting set up in there. Um, poking, you know, since I'm network administrator now, I've been poking around on that. My Linux days, my those days are over. You're a network admin now. I'm a network admin now. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and our third and final listener email tonight. It's a quick one. This is for, oh, by the way, the uh, Mitch was from Australia. Oh, cool. Uh, you guys got an Australian accent you want to try out really quick? No, but I met several people from Australia while I was in Alaska. Uh, the final email and and it's it's a quick ask uh do you guys know anything about bloxy this is from listener richard and what what would be a hot take on it Uh, i think it's a fine filter it it will it serves the purpose for you know filtering chromebooks and all that fun stuff um they have they're relatively young in the space but they have a pretty mature product. I think over the last three years or so, it's matured quite a bit. Um, we actually demoed it a couple times. I know probably five or six districts in my circle of people that I communicate with on a regular basis that are running it and seem to love it. There's a very large district in my area that runs it. Uh, actually, two pretty large districts in my area that run it. Um, and they have great things to say about it. Um, I think it's worth talking to them to get a, uh, a demo instance or at least a a conversation to see how they do things differently than other competitors i agree they have the whole suite too like they've got the filtering they've got the screen monitoring like they can do it all um yeah it's a good product or i should say it's one of those products that would be a finalist due to price and and feature set yes all right what else we got that's it we're caught up all right um So if you have a SonicWall product, I know we've talked before, we've talked about Fortinet and their uh, vulnerabilities that they've announced and, and, you know, you need to patch now. Well, SonicWall has had one, uh, came out, I believe it was yesterday. Yes, yesterday it's uh, Bleeping Computer has an article on it if you want to get the details about it. But more or less, uh, there was a total of 15 flaws announced by SonicWall. You need to update your stuff if uh, you have a SonicWall device on your network. Things include web service bypass, um, unauth SQL injection issues, password hash hash reads. Um, So yeah, if you've got a if you have a SonicWall device on your network, uh, go over to Bleeping Computer and uh, read the the notice that was posted out there yesterday. Josh, are you noticing um, Mark's like? Mark is looking at his computer and the screen keeps changing, right? Like you can see, oh, he's, can see it he's off not of his face. Attention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he either started doing a Sonic wall update. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what he's doing or, he, or like you said, he's not paying attention to us. I, I think he's filing a request for that E-rate uh, pilot myself. He's trying to get the edge on us. Yeah. I'm trying to get is. the money here. I got yep. it. I got it. Yep. I think that's what's happening. Um, we already talked about the conference. Do you want to talk about K-12 Tech Pro real quick? I would love to talk about K-12 Tech Pro. And, and I, I guess the kind of, uh, I'm, I'm going to 
crack the news open, right? Because I'm excited about it, but I'm not going to give the full details. I think it's cooler to read. If you head over to Reddit, uh, and if you get into uh, K-12 sysadmin, uh, there's a pretty cool post today from Geek Ender, uh, one of the the mods, the major mod of that subreddit, uh, involving the podcast, involving K-12 Tech Pro. Uh, and the long story short, I guess, just to talk about it briefly, is is we're we're gonna try to partner up and uh, do some cool things, and uh, nothing's changing. Uh, they've needed some help with vetting, uh, with with moderating that kind of thing. Uh, we offered to help, and we we. Several of you guys that listen to this and that are on K12 Tech Pro uh, uh, gave your opinions about that that you thought we could do a decent job, I guess, with it. Uh, so, so that's starting to happen. So, uh, it's the middle of July uh, right now. I think by the beginning of August, we should have a pretty cool vetting thing in place uh, with that subreddit. But it it, it can kind of be a partnership with K12 Tech Pro with the community website. Uh, we know from the podcast, from that website, from the conference, it's all about community and talking and talking through problems and solutions. Uh, and I'm, I'm super excited about it. That's fresh news today. Today, hot Very off cool. the wire. Big announcement. Big. And next week is Midwest Tech Talk. I'm sure there'll be discussion about it all there Mark's, as well. Mark's coming to the Lake of the Ozarks. He's going to be astonished. Mark, I'm going to have to send you, I, I saw an article, um, before we got on tonight about a, a lady that tried to cross the lake in a John boat and it went horribly bad for them. Um, mm. I'll, I'll send you the article. I just read an article that the chief, like the police chief of, of like the lake is concerned about visitors. <laughs> like <Mark>. really? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not surprised. That's funny. Mark's in for a real treat. I think. I think so too. Um, so in, in part of my preparation for, for going this week, I was reading an article off of BuzzFeed and this is, this, this is why my screen was flickering. I was pulling this thing up for you guys. Uh, somebody used AI, uh, to interview a bunch of people from Europe and ask them what they think people look like from each state in the United States. Oh, that's good. Uh, so I want to, I think we should post this in the show notes. Um, but I wanted to show you again, I've, this will be one of my first times spending like some good amount of time in Missouri. Uh, so I was very eager to see what, what do people from Missouri look like? Is this and, a picture uh, of me? <laughs> this is. <laughs> That's funny. This is apparently what, uh, what people from Europe uh, describe somebody from Missouri looking like, and then AI generating an image. I'm and so, Yeah. That's a, but that's, that's kind of that's barbecue. what the meals at Midwest Tech Talk look like. That's exactly what the meals at Midwest Tech Talk look I don't, like. I don't know what that is. Just for your if you're listening, it's a guy staring at a big pile of what I think was meant to be barbecue. It's just yes. meat, but it just looks like a big in old a pile lumber of meat. yard, which is the the most bizarre part <laughs> of this. Yeah. Uh, so now, all right. So I'll jump over to uh, being from Massachusetts. This is what uh, people oh. think Massachusetts yeah, looks like. Freaking patriots! Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you there's guys a, are rude over there. There's a sloppy guy with a patriots hat on. Uh, and then you know, very fitting for tonight. Uh, see if you can guess the state. <laughs> Alaska. That it's just a guy stuck in a snowbank. Um. Before we lose everyone tonight, Chris, do you want to talk about NTP real quick? NTP? 
a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Uh, they can do your cybersecurity for you. They'll put the NTP logo at the bottom of your website if you want to probably. Uh, or I don't that's think how, David, I don't, I don't they, think David they won't, They that. wouldn't do that. But, but that is how confident they are. Uh, confidence is at that level. They won't do the actual logo thing, but their confidence is there. Uh, check out NTP. They can get your EDR going. Uh, they can be your knock. They can do all kinds of cybersecurity services for you. So check them out. And how do you reach them? Uh, click on the link in the podcast description so that I'm answering that well. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. I think that's about it for tonight. Do you guys have any other thoughts, any other topics that's going on? Oh, no. Hmm? Power School bought School Messenger. That was the other thing I saw this week oh, while geez. I was on the cruise ship uh, relaxing. I got a notification that Power School bought School Messenger. So it'll be interesting to see how that changes things, if it does. I like it. Good in, good in. Oh, yeah. Good uh, in, guys. Awkward silence here. Yes. You should have just let it go. Like, we were done. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> All right. Well, this time next week, Mark will have returned from Midwest Tech Talk, right? Yeah. Yep. And hopefully. A changed man. Yeah. Changed man with a bunch of new friends. Yep. It's be fun. Yeah. It's it, you should take a picture before you come down. Like take a picture Just, of yourself and then when you return you're going to cuz you're going to see that things are different. You're going to Oh. You're going oh. to physically look different. <laughs> okay. All right, yeah. I will do that. All right. Well, that's been this week's episode, I guess, for now. Lots of off topic. Josh, could you tell me one more fact about Alaska, please? Um, that there is a fund in Alaska that was established by the Alieskin pipeline. And yes, that is pronounced correctly that, um, each, each resident that has stayed there for over a year gets uh, a check every year from the Alieskin pipeline fund. Um, this year, I think they said it was just over $3,000 per person. Yeah. It comes from their, their oil generation. That is super cool. Yeah, I learned a lot, man. Yeah, we did I, too. I learned. You're going to continue. This is we did, I'm, yeah. this this will this is my gift to you, my souvenir. By the way, <laughs> and I got asked about this. Um, I wanted you to know where I and was. I want everyone to know that we are K12 Tech Talk, and so are you. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you next week.